This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. All right, guys. Uh, Hey, thanks for coming in. We'll give you a minute here. Zach Jackson and Jason Lloyd. Jason is at the airport, um, so it might not be the most ideal audio setting, but we thank you guys for joining us as we always do. This will be our post-game live room. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast. This is the way we've been doing it after games. So we'll have more. Uh, and it's certainly a big week for the Browns, and this was a huge day um, with many layers to it, as you know, if you're coming in here. So we'll get started uh, in just a minute as, as you guys file in. So, uh, Jason, obviously, you know, the the offense, the pass offense specifically was bad. I think a lot of it was expected. I think it was probably worse than expected. The Browns win with a dominant defense. The Browns win because the Texans are historically awful. Um, the Browns still did some other nice things. And obviously for a team that had struggled to take the ball away, that's huge no matter who you're playing. But I just thought coming all along, and I tried to be clear with this, like obviously the goal every Sunday is to just win, but specifically in this one, right? Um, wasn't going to dive too far into the style points or or how. They just could not lose this game. They needed to get past this game. They just could not lose it. Um, you know, their defense bailed them out in many ways, but it's onward, it's upward, it's a long way to go, right? But they get the win, they do it and down, and they make sure you unmute yourself, Jason, here as we as we get rolling. Um, you know, they have one, two in a row for the first time in a year and a half. Um, they can put this behind us, um, uh, this part of it anyway, and then we'll see um how it goes. Is, is it just showed up here? Victory Monday is ahead. The Browns are five and seven. They have a faint playoff pulse and they go to Cincinnati next week for a really big game. Yeah. Houston looked like an expansion team. They're awful. And I mean, I guess for that reason, it's a perfect time for Deshaun, a perfect team for him to come back against. I was a little bit concerned in the weeks leading up what the crowd was going to be like, what the welcome was going to be like, or, or the hostility would be like. And Zach, we walked to the stadium this morning and the tailgate lot was empty and everyone that we saw was in orange. And it was like, okay, this is going to be like a Browns preseason game. The stadium was half full, and the ones that were there were wearing orange. Very, very little pushback. Uh, some booze for sure, and we can get into that. You, know, you can tell everyone where you sat for the game. Um, but overall, you know, it was funny. I was joking with one of the players, and I said, that was ugly. He said, yeah, it was, but that's the type of game the Browns would have lost in the past. So at least we won it. And I uh, can't you know, actually argue with that. Right. Um, question, should we be concerned? It just popped up, and this is a talking point. You know, I think yes, but but I think short of a dazzling performance, um, there was going to be that. Look, there was going to be rust. There was going to be a human element of nerves, of returning to home, of getting in. I mean, the Browns kept stressing. They don't tell us much, right? And I bitch about that all the time. But they kept stressing that they trust the talent. They knew there would be rust. More than anything else, they had worked through the summer and through the last two weeks on operation on Deshaun calling out the plays, on Deshaun commanding the huddle, on Deshaun communicating. Some of that stuff is not going to be on any kind of real trial until you get on a game field. So do I have concerns about a couple times I saw happy feet in the pocket or I saw him just not put his head up? Sure. But we have to understand that 700 days is a long time. And I thought the best quote, well, really the only good quote he's given in eight months, right? But the most revealing thing was when he said, however many days it is, I felt every one of those days. And so that tells you he can be better in game two, in game three, which was always the expectation. How much better? We'll find out. Uh, It has to be a lot better. But I think, you know, I can put it maybe at 65, 70 percent 
of of course it was not going to be great um and you know my concern level would be in that remaining 25 to 35 percent range yeah i mean he said it's december and this is my week one and we saw it in week one the actual week one jacoby looked awful against the panthers and uh looked significantly better in week two and, and got better as the year went on so I'm certainly not panicking, but he was dreadful today. Uh, didn't see the safety on a, on a routine play. Uh, listen, quarterbacks miss the safeties. It happens. But an awful interception in the end zone because he didn't see the safety. Threw multiple balls at guys' feet. Skipped one to Amari when Amari was wide open and just bounced it to him. He, he looked – he was terrible. Uh, but, you know, again, I was talking to guys in the locker room who's, who absolutely believe he's going to be just fine. And even if it's not in these last five games, like – Going into next year, no one has any concerns about whether or not Deshaun Watson is still an elite quarterback. Um, and this, they just have to fight through it, and they just have to work through it. But he was, he was. It's fair to say he was far worse today than I expected. And yeah, I did expect rust. Uh, but and and we saw a couple glimpses, right? Like a couple keepers, option keepers, where he kept it and ran. Had a couple good throws. We're like, okay, there it is. Uh, but by and large, a really disappointing day for him. Thankfully, they were playing basically an expansion team or else I don't see how they would have won this game against almost any other team in the NFL. Right. Um, you know, one thing that would concern me is I did see in the preseason and a couple times in training camp, he did short arm some throws. Um, now, maybe maybe that's nerves. You know, maybe that's going through his mechanics just just too fast because he's not settling in. Um, you know, the timing stuff and getting everything down that that was always going to be a work in progress. So. Um, I'll, I'll save kind of what I did today, you know, and I'm still doing, uh, Jason for the end. I I did see some positives and one of them was this guys. Uh, I was reading through stuff that, that we had written and I had written over the week, you know, this Browns defense has been awful at forcing turnovers and it's been a big part of, of their struggles. And I, I was thinking to myself, I didn't write enough about this and then they go out and they do this, right? So we're a couple of them gifts. Sure. But when you have a chance to really bury somebody, you have to do it. And the Texans emptied the clip, right? They have a first play drawn up that they throw to some blocking tight end. It turns into an interception. They use their flea flicker early. Um, you know, I, I kind of think they just shot their wad early, quite frankly. Um, the Browns are bigger, stronger, faster than the Texans. The Browns defense is playing better. It's a, it's an absolute A-plus performance, you know, based on the results, right? So um, Taki Taki has an injury. It's going to need an MRI. Do we think, do we know anything more than that? No. Is it fair to assume that the linebacker crisis is back on because Taki had played better and he had been the middle linebacker? Sure. You know, Deion Jones has really only been playing in that NASCAR package when they go four, three or four defensive ends and the extra small linebackers. So, so that's a concern. But I think when you see the turnovers, you see the defense pick up the offense for once. You see the special teams pick everybody up for once. And they still ran for 174, Jason. And I think one thing that I'm, I'm going to stress, Kareem Hunt was involved today. And it's been a month since we can say that. Right. So yeah, I was um, surprised by that. By yes. Was. So look, I, I'm I'm um, as shaky on Stefanski as anybody else. But all along, he said, we're going to need our backs fresh and we're going to have our backs fresh for December and check the calendar. It's December. They're both fresh. So that part's worked. Right. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, overall, can we talk about poor Anthony Schwartz for a minute? What, 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 do, what do they have to do with him? What can they do with him? Uh, finally catches the ball and then fumbles it. I just can't imagine. Then he left with the head injury. I can't imagine where his confidence level is right now. Yeah, um, it's, it's a shame that he's got the he's being checked for concussion. There's nothing definitive there. 
you know, some people get mad when I say he can't play in the NFL, but you know, the results continue to speak for themselves there. Right. So, you know, he's worth developing. He has that big time speed and he has played better. Um, but you know, David Bell went out with a thumb injury and Schwartz went down. So that that's wide receiver three and wide receiver four. And both of those guys have been used very sparingly through the course of the year, but you don't have either one of them. So Felton played today for the first time in weeks, maybe months. Uh, Michael Woods hasn't been dressing. He's back. You know, they didn't go get a veteran receiver. They didn't think there was a good one. They wanted to bring these guys along. And so now their quarterback's back. He doesn't have them. Look, uh, if this passing game's going anywhere, it's based on the Joku coming back. It's based on Peoples-Jones continuing to play well and Amari being Amari, right, and and, and Deshaun settling in. So um, it's December, and frankly, the Browns have been pretty healthy. And if they have to play without Schwartz, without Bell, and without Taki Taki, that, that will hurt them. I think Taki significantly more than the others. But, you know, there's a drop off and um, we'll see. I, 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 I want to ask you this. So I didn't ever see a replay. I was watching Deshaun and Deshaun alone on the interception into the end zone. He got buried um, and he was on the ground. I don't think he saw he got picked, but he just did. He just not see the safety. What do you think? Yeah, I think he just didn't see the safety. Uh, you had said because you were watching Deshaun and I was watching the play. And it looked to me like if he could have held on another second or two, he'd have had DPJ open on a crossing route. But you said he was under pressure and didn't have that other second or two. And he just didn't see the safety. And I think that, you know, that goes back to the lack of reps and lack of game action and threw it right to him and I never, never even saw him. Yeah. So, you know, you would hope that that would get better as it would go on, as, as the reps improve or as the, as his, as he starts to get his legs under him a little bit. The, well, the, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, guys, you know, Paul D. Podesta has been with this team since 2016 and in Brown's years, that's uh, 160 years. Right. And next up is Mike Prefer because here come the Brown special teams. This guy's never going away, guys. Um, <laughs> that's where I was going to. <laughs> I'll admit it. When Peoples Jones was a rookie and they put him out there to return punts, I said it. I said, this is the worst punt returner I've ever seen. He's improved. Uh, that was a big time return. He has big time ability. And really this whole year, you know, he's been more consistent. And he started to put it all together. But that kind of play today can really, you know, make it take off. Cade York had the two field goals today. Inside, I know, you know, game never in doubt, but right, right on the money, right? What you wanted to see. So, um, <laughs> look, it, we're, we're looking for small victories. They did win the game and, and the defensive performance was, was the biggest thing, but these are things that the Browns have done better the last two games than they did in the previous 10. And as long as the season's alive and it is right, then these are the little things that matter because clearly, uh, especially past today, you're not blowing anybody out. You're going to need four quarters of low penalty, high IQ, complimentary, win the turnover battle football to have a chance. Um, and, and, and we know that, that making the playoffs will require help that, that the Browns really can't even you know, count on. But as far as what we're talking about, playing better, setting the future, I saw someone in the comments say, we know Deshaun has rust. I'm sure he'll play great in week three so we can be fooled again into the offseason. <laughs> right? um, this is different. This is without precedent. We all know that. Um, so good, bad, mostly bad. You know, one play away from being a B plus, however you grade it, like there's going to be not just today, but in the next two weeks, there's going to be this shred of mystery because we don't know how much he's going to progress. And we don't know, you know, when he's going to catch up. And, and and then again, we don't know what the ceiling is, assuming those things happen. I want a second on the defense. Tony Fields came up with a couple of big plays. He also got his ass run over a couple of times. 
And when you look at just on the whole, like I thought they were starting to turn the corner after, frankly, after, even though they lost to Baltimore, the Baltimore game, it felt like they started to put some things together and they were starting to play better defensively. And then they just got absolutely taken apart at Miami coming out of the bye. And it's like, okay, well, you know, all progress has been halted. Buffalo went the way we thought it would. So I don't know where to put these last two weeks. Tampa can't run the ball. We knew they couldn't run the ball and they didn't run the ball. And Houston looks like an an expansion team. So I want to give them credit for doing what was expected of them. But I don't know that we can stand on a podium and beat our chest and say that the defense is fixed because of who they've played. I think we'll probably have a much better gauge the next two weeks of where things stand, but at least that they did what they're expected to do. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But but today um, I'm going to default to just saying job done. Check mark checked. Right. Everybody on the bus, everybody at the airport. Let's get the hell out of here. So. Um, I asked Joel Batonio after the game, is there any sense of relief that this is just over with? And he, he kind of said a little bit, but but not really. You know, he, he just kind of said, look, we, we weren't great. Obviously, we won the game. It's maybe not a game we would have won in the past. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think there is something to be said for the Browns moving past this part of it. Right. And um, like, it's never going to be nine position groups play great football. It's never going to be 22 guys or 28 guys have outstanding performances, right? So to see in the last, well, six quarters plus overtime, you know, two quarters last week plus overtime plus four today, to see guys picking each other up and to see a little bit of that cliche complimentary football and a little bit of perseverance and guts by this team, Frankly, we didn't see that a lot, at least not at the right times in the first half of the season. So that's progress. And when I say progress, I mean, all involved want and need this to go well, because the Browns probably don't need to pull the plug uh, on on anybody. But, you know, if this is a bad December and these next two weeks are huge games and Watson doesn't look tremendously better, then we know how things get awkward and we know how sometimes this ends here. So we'll we'll see. This was this was just one piece today. but I think getting past it and succeeding with it is a big piece. Andrew Russ is in the queue. Let's bring Andrew up and hear what he has. Andrew, right. Andrew, you're up. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me and for doing this. Um, uh, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Deshaun not necessarily looking great because the thing that really stood out to me was those last couple of drives there, we didn't even put the ball in his hands. We just kept giving it to – uh, what Jerome Ford? I mean, I understand we probably need to get some looks at him at some point, but I would have thought that when the game was clearly won, that it would have been a much bigger priority to get Deshaun as many meaningful reps as possible. So, what do you guys think? Um, I I understand what you're saying, but I think the game's over at that point. The Texans are completely helpless. Um, it, the game's taken on a weird shape, and it's over. And, and so, just get out of there with the win. Just get out of there with the win. And actually, I'll go back a little bit farther, Zach. I don't know if you noticed, coming out of the start of the second half, Browns get the ball, and they went like jumbo coming out. And that felt to me like they were saying, okay, this is yeah. this is obviously bad. He's obviously in a tough spot. Let's take the game out of his hands, and let's just run it right at him. Yeah. And, and it looked a lot more basic to me in the second half, Some a little bit more basic play calls. It sure was. I, I don't disagree one bit. But I think a goal of this, and the defense and special teams help with this too, is not to have to go too far in the playbook not put him in a situation where they weren't sure, right? So they knew what they could run today, 
in what they wanted to run. And I thought, you know, the other revealing thing he said after the game was the Texans mixed up their looks. And of course they did. They wanted the Browns to have to go deeper in the playbook. They wanted Deshaun to have to process different things because they knew, I mean, he had 13 weeks to prep for this game, right? Everybody else had three days. So uh, I, I think that was certainly, you know, a, a part of it. I, I don't think if you ask Kevin right now, um, as they're probably in the air headed home, I don't think he would say, I wish I would have got Deshaun more reps at the end of the game. You know, I think he would say we, there's a lot of things we need to be better on. And there's a couple things we can instantly clean up to make him feel more comfortable. But I don't think he would say I need more live action reps. He would say, I think everybody needs a nap and a drink and we'll get back tomorrow um, and, and, and work on this thing. So uh, before we get out of here, guys, and I'm going to write about this, obviously, I sat today in the crowd. Uh, we bought a ticket in the fourth row behind the Browns bench. It's something we cooked up in the summer when we were having these conversations every day about how to cover this never ending story. Um, and, you know, we were expecting obviously a toxic environment. You know, what we got was only a partially toxic environment. The Texans are bad. Uh, there were Browns fans everywhere. The stadium was, what would you guess, Jason? 60% at most full. Couldn't unmute there. Yeah. At yeah. most 60%. It looked half yeah. full to me most of the day. Right. So, um, you know, he came out 50 or 55 minutes before the game. There were some boos and they were immediately drowned out by cheers of Browns fans who had gathered at the tunnel. Um, early there, there was that mix and, and the, the boos were obvious at the start of a couple drives, but I asked guys in the locker room, did you hear any extra shit, any extra hate? And they said, Nope. Number one, we tune it out. And number two, we get booed everywhere. So, you know, I thought Deshaun had a good answer when he said, um, I'm a Cleveland Brown. Of course they booed me. You know, there were some signs, there were some T-shirts. There's a picture floating around Facebook of two guys with the Cosby meme and the Deshaun jersey that were walking around the game. Um, but from where I sat, row four, 31-yard line, right behind the Browns bench, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary other than a stadium security guard who, who kept close to Deshaun there. I didn't see Deshaun look in the crowd one time past seven minutes before the game. Um, I didn't see any Browns players jawing anything. And between the third and fourth quarters, there was a fight in the stands and it got broken up and two guys in Texans jerseys got carried away by security and they got taunted by dozens, if not hundreds of Browns fans, like it happened at first energy stadium, not here in Houston. So the Texans being so bad led to that environment. It was a good football environment. Um, you know, for, for the first half, it was a competitive football game because the Browns couldn't do anything offensively. But really what it was was a scrimmage for the Browns. It's not a bad thing. That's what the Browns needed it to be. So they survived the scrimmage. They move on. And like I said, they, they closed this little mini chapter. Um, it's obviously not close to um, being written. Is it worth it? You know, do we trust this guy? Or are we in the right state of mind? But they closed this part of the chapter. And I think given the last eight months, I think that was important. Yeah, I think getting past this, getting him back on the field, now it's back to football like it's it's back to football from starting monday tuesday and on and it, when they get back on the practice field on wednesday you know that everything is behind them now the the cloud of the suspension the mystery of how long would he be out all the questions about what's going to look like when he comes back it's all gone and it's all over and now they have five games left to try and salvage their season and you know it was not nearly as hostile today as i thought two or three weeks ago it would be but you know i would bet you next week at cincinnati it's going to be a lot closer to the to the reception he received in Jacksonville than what he got today. And it's just something he's going to have to deal with. And I think he knows. 
Yeah, he is, and they're they're all going to. Let's go to the K real quick. Alex, I think you come by every week. Alex, are you there? Oh yeah. Well, thanks again. Uh, obviously, really, really, really nitpicky shit stuff. Sorry, but um, is there no concern about Nick Chubb's like rushing yards? I mean, I I get I get it. You know, injury. I get all these things, but he's pretty. I mean, he's on the edge, on the verge, and to pull him for Jerome Ford at that spot, it wasn't like a complete blowout. Felt no, weird, you're but, totally yeah. wrong. Nick, it's December. Nick Chubb does not need to okay. play. The rushing title means nothing to Nick Chubb. Jerome Ford has to play, but it was get out. That game was over. I mean, the Texans were laying the ball on the ground, and the Browns were picking it up and jogging in. I mean, I was sitting in the fourth row. The Browns defenders were laughing at how bad Kyle Allen was, right? That game is over. Get Jerome Ford in. No, there's no concern for Nick Chubb's rushing yards. No, zero, yeah. zero, zero. Come yeah. Okay. All right, fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I mean, would Nick Chubb love to win the Russian title? And would that mean something to the Browns and specifically the offensive line group? Yes. But like, like I said, I've been really critical of Stefanski and I, that might continue, but I, I'm fair. And what Stefanski did today was find a way to win. And he said all along, they do these things. So they can have the guys fresh for December and they're fresh. And if something happens to Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford or DeAndre Johnson has to play, those guys are fresh too. So guess what they're not going to do next week against the Bengals? Try to throw it 50 times. They're going to run the shit out of the ball. And if they need two backs, three backs, or four backs, they're ready. And Nick Chubb will be ready for as many carries. And I know some people will be saying, get him to 21, get him to 25. It's not that easy, but he'll be ready for what they need him to. And if they get the right game script, the right situation, then he'll have a chance to have his hundred yards, his 20 some carries and, and drive everything in the offense. You want to take this last one in the queue and then I got to get on the plane before they close the doors. Okay. Yeah. Mike Z, Mike Z, you're up. Fire away. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Jason. So DVP has been really great in the return game, but do we have any concern about like him getting injured by taking that role on being our number two five receiver? Um, I would I would say it's not ideal. <laughs> yes, but um, this is a young guy. This is a super athletic guy, and the Browns really, you know, they've cycled through, right? They brought Chester Rogers off the stat, off the trash heap. Um, the the Jakeem Grant thing didn't work out. The Demetric Felton thing hasn't worked out. They just look at the people's Jones like it's not conventional, but we need to get this, the ball in this guy's hands, and they trust him. So, um, you know, I, it's not ideal, but this is survive and advance football. This is find a way. And, and one of the areas I've been critical of this staff is not just making adjustments on the fly and, and playing the hand you're dealt the best, but they certainly have with him and, you know, good, good for him and prefer and everybody on that punt return team. Cause they've deserved all the shit they've gotten. It, how many times have I written or said, it shouldn't be this hard for an NFL team to find a punt returner. Well, Donovan people's Jones, man, he did it today. He should be happy on that plane ride home. Yeah. They- they tried addressing it with Jakeem Grant, and he gets hurt for the year. So now they're in scramble mode again. Yeah. Um, and I think the I think Donovan's got a lot of confidence as this has gone on. I think it's helped him on the offensive side, frankly. Oh, his confidence is so obvious. Um, he's a quiet guy. He's not much for interviews. He's not much for spotlight. He has one little shimmy he does when he makes a big play. Uh, but you could just see – I can tell he's a different guy from when they run out for warmups 50 minutes before the game through the middle of the third quarter when they, they need to play. He, he's, a, he's a different guy. and He's a super talented kid. I mean, as we know, he had very little college career. Uh, didn't live up to the hype as a five-star recruit, was in a bad offense, 
obviously, you know, didn't get picked until the sixth round and, and the Browns have developed them. They haven't done it a good enough job that in many other places, but they've done a real good job with that here. All right, guys, this has been the civilized barking post game live room. Um, Jason's going home tonight. I'm going home in the morning. Um, it's a huge week with the Bengals. I got some ideas cooked up. I'm already doing a podcast with the Bengals guys. So we'll, we'll get you guys in. We might even add a live room along the way. So thank you for reading. Thank you for listening. And I'm going to go write my story about watching Watson day uh, in the fourth round. So Jason, safe travels.